Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. Our theme verse today comes from Proverbs chapter 30, verses 15 to 16. That text says, There are three things that will not be satisfied, four that will not say enough. Sheol, the barren womb, earth that is never satisfied with water, and fire that never says enough. In this short, I'm going to answer the question, is surrogacy biblical? Let's begin by defining terms. A surrogate is one who acts on behalf of another. So when we use the word surrogacy, we are referring to the state in which an agreement exists between a female surrogate and another party. Specifically, in said agreement, the female surrogate agrees to carry the other party's child in her womb until delivery. After birth, the child will be cared for by their biological parents. And for the sake of completeness, surrogacy can also be referred to as third-party assisted reproduction. There are many faithful, committed, Christ-loving married couples who cannot have children for whatever reason, yet earnestly desire to raise a family. So on the surface, surrogacy may provide a reasonable solution to solve a natural problem. But the question we are considering today is neither if surrogacy is practical nor if it is comforting. The question we are asking is if it is biblical. The first thing we want to clarify is God's design for having babies. God is radically pro-life, and in Genesis 1.28, God blessed Adam and Eve and then gave them the positive command to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. In other words, God commanded our first parents to make lots and lots of babies. The relational context in which procreation is designed to happen is marriage. Genesis 2.24 says, A man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Of course, having babies in the context of marriage makes logical sense, since one man who is committed to one woman both agree to be committed to caring for, nurturing, and raising their own boys and girls. I say all of this to make one crucial point. The natural means by which God designed babies to come into the world is by a man having natural intercourse with his wife, and then she becomes pregnant, carries the baby to term, and then delivers. This is the way God designed it, and he did not prescribe any other way for babies to come into the world. This means that surrogacy, test tube babies, designer babies, or any other departure from God's design is not biblical. I began this episode by reading Proverbs 30, verses 15 to 16, which again says, There are three things that will not be satisfied, four that will not say enough, Sheol and the barren womb, earth that is never satisfied with water, and fire that never says enough. In the time and culture of ancient Israel in which this verse was written, a wife without children was considered desolate and often resorted to desperate measures to fix her childlessness. And for scripture verses, see Ruth chapter 1 verse 11 to 21 and 2 Kings 4:14. In the classic example in Genesis 16:2, because Sarah was without a child, she told her husband Abraham to sleep with her maid so that they would have an heir. 
In Genesis 31, the childless Rachel said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. In 1 Samuel 1 verses 1 to 15, Hannah was so distraught over her barrenness that she could not even speak. The point of all of these biblical references is to point to the reality that the Bible never denies, brushes over, or minimizes the strong innate female desire to have children. After all, it is a natural desire for something that God commanded. But what Proverbs 30, 15-16 tells us is that in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, the desire for a child can become so strong that it becomes an idol, that having a child becomes such an unquenchable desire that it is never satisfied and will resort to extreme, unbiblical methods to get what it wants. We must remember, beloved, that childlessness is not a sin, but idolatry is. Therefore, although a woman may feel at a loss without a child, she has not done anything wrong or sinful. She is still an adopted, accepted child of God, and he finds nothing lacking or deficient in her. Although a couple may satisfy their natural desires if they supplant God's design and have a child via a surrogate, then they have put their trust in something other than God, which is sinful. We are far better in leaving the conception and growth of children in the womb to the way God designed it. We have been considering the issue of surrogacy thus far from the standpoint of the couple seeking a surrogate, but what about the child who was birthed by the surrogate? Are there any lasting effects in being raised in a womb that is not their biological mother's? Could it possibly be that developmentally speaking, God designed a child to grow in their natural mother's womb for a reason, and that connection is crucial to a child's long-term well-being? I won't get too medically technical, but in 2013, a study in the Journal of Psychology and Psychiatry documented that surrogacy children, quote, showed higher levels of adjustment difficulties at age 7, end quote. The same study also found that the absence of a gestational connection, or the baby not being in the womb of its natural mother, may actually have more lasting physical, psychological, and emotional problems than has been previously reported. Have we considered the issue of surrogacy from the standpoint of the surrogate? The Center for Bioethics and Culture Network at cbc-network.org, the Center for Bioethics and Culture Network says, quote, Surrogacy is another form of the commodification of women's bodies. Surrogate services are advertised, surrogates are recruited, and operating agencies make large profits, end quote. In other words, choosing the surrogacy option incorporates a third person in the plan and compensates her to use her body against God's reproductive design. So is surrogacy biblical? No, it is not. Surrogacy may seem to offer an innocent solution to a sincere desire, but we ought not to be fooled by superficialities. To walk the walk of faith and mature in the Christian life means to trust and obey God, who has a divine design in all things. We trust in Him and His Word, knowing that the object of our faith is always Christ, and never anything in and of this world. Thank you for listening. For more valuable resources, including a bookstore and online Bible study, visit wcsk.org.